As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. All right, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Chiefs 42, Jets negative seven. Uh, Nate, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Andy Reid gently, you know, <laughs> treats Adam Gase with some form of respect. Chiefs uh-huh. 30, Jets 13. Okay, Seth. Well, um, first I'm predicting that the Jets win by at least three touchdowns. And because it's important, as Chris Jones said so eloquently, they're a really good football Mm. team. Maybe he said great or good, but people just don't realize that because they haven't won a game. Speaking of which, I've been meaning to tell you guys, I am really athletic and handsome. People just don't realize (laughs) it because I'm, I'm chunky and not handsome. And so it's really about people not realizing <laughs> it based on what they're perceiving. Um, so, yeah, I thought I would just share that. <laughs> but your record speaks for itself, right, Seth? I mean, you are what your record you know says what? you are. Yeah. Um, You're, you are what your record says you are. I'm glad you said that because I once had someone tell me that all I need to say for the rest of my life, if someone wants to talk to me about how I look or any of those mean, mean things – all I need to do is point at my wife and say scoreboard, because it doesn't matter what I scoreboard. look like. Yeah. It ma- I'm married at ten. I will celebrate the rest of my life. I'm gonna weigh four hundred pounds in a year, and I don't even care. Cause scoreboard, baby. Anyway, that's my that's my prediction. The Jets are gonna crush the Chiefs, um, or there's some possibility that the Chiefs win heavy. I really I understand like Nate's theory that Andy Reid is kind of he's a gentle dude you know he's not like looking to whatever a wise a, a, a wise sageful yeah. man a man mm-hmm. with with plenty of respect a man who understands the struggle of what it takes to win a Super Bowl and doesn't want to just annihilate one of his own brethren <laughs> even a man he doesn't really know in the fraternity at all <laughs> I, the, there's one player. <laughs> who may get in the way of this plan. You know Le'Veon Bell. If the Chiefs are winning 40 to nothing in the third quarter, he's going to be like, yeah, coach, coach, just come on. 
Can, can you just let me? Can you just let me stay in? Can you, can I just carry the ball? I'm trying yeah, to get just, paid, EB. I'm trying to get that, paid. I need these. You see stats. that guy standing across the field from us? I walked into the building and he was like, "We don't really want you here." And I want to run for 300 yards on his team. So there's a possibility there. <laughs> and he's also, I mean, he might say that. Look, I'm trying to get paid. Help me out. And Andy, Andy's a good dude. Andy might just be like, ah, okay, you know, I get it. You're trying to get that last contract. That's fair. And that's one scenario where I see, or they kind of like, ah, you know, the offense, even though it's the number one rated DVOA offense in the NFL, is, you know, quote-unquote underperforming in some people's minds. Maybe this is a get-right game. It's like, you know, guys, let's see how well we can execute our offense <laughs> against air mm. and just see what happens. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that's multifaceted. On the Le'Veon Bell front, somebody, uh, Zachary, tweeted me today. I don't know why he saw this because I hadn't seen it, but one year ago today – I quote tweeted a tweet from Albert Breer about how the Jets were trying to trade Le'Veon Bell. And I tweeted, Le'Veon Bell would be outstanding in Andy Reid's offense. Trading for him would be mildly baffling. One year later, they just signed him for nothing. And now he's playing the Jets. He's playing He's playing that team in a couple of days when a year ago today, there were talks of like, should, should the Chiefs trade for Le'Veon Bell? It's all coming together. I think you're right. I think that the final score of this game could legit be like, Chiefs 14, Jets 3, Le'Veon Bell 50. Like that, he might have, mm. he might outscore everybody else. Mm -hmm. No, no, um, no, no pushback from me. <laughs> I feel like, okay. No pushback from me, Bob. Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys man, agreed or quietly disagreed. We got to argue about I, things. I just, I, I, well, it's, well, the Jets make that really hard. I, I just, I know that like, as, as Josh, landed his plane of a take i was sitting there like i mean i want to be like i want to clap i don't i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to disagree i don't want to add anything i'm just glad that we got from the, the 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 departure to the destination i'm just yeah i'm just thrilled i i pilot josh just congratulations for not harming the plane nor its passengers because this is obviously because the jets themselves I guess they're gonna get on their plane Sunday night, but like, but I'm outside not flying of that, it. But yeah, but outside of that, like, what, 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 what good will come of this weekend? <laughs> like, what, what? Uh, yeah, the Jets we, need to look forward to their jet on Sunday. Night, yes, is what I'm saying. We've uh, we've gotten into a bad habit on this show of saving like the game talk for the very very end, which is how we got to like not previewing the Raiders game and then bringing that curse on. We're obviously <laughs> fixing that here today. Is like we're gonna just start with the Jets and then we're gonna we're gonna, basically we're eating our vegetables first here. Mm -hmm. But like I mean Nate, the one thing over the course of this week that I do think has been interesting is like the, all of the guys have been asked like, hey, it's the Jets. You guys you guys good? Like you you gonna handle this all right? Because everybody knows that, like, they're a nightmare, like the Chris Jones quote and all of that. But I, I have heard literally, like, everybody has had a pretty good answer that I think, at least to some extent, they all believe. Like, whenever Andy Reid talks about how it's hard to win football games against anybody, because it, it's never, I think he said, basically, you're never as good as you think or as bad as you think you are in the NFL because parody exists. Also, these two teams are on, like, totally opposite ends of that pendulum. Like, I think all of that can be true all at once. Definitely. Uh, I, I tend to agree, too, that, like, you know, when you get to this point in the season, and I've made this before, but, like, I think week 12 
right around Thanksgiving. That's real football. Everything else is just fun. <laughs> Everything else is just like, ah, statistics, a couple road games, prime time, a little, little sprinkle of COVID this year because, God, yeah. Some um, freshly ground COVID on top of it. Yeah. Tell, tell me when, just right. to stop. Yeah, just tell me when to know, stop. Just, you know, just, just, a, just throw a pandemic in there. But within all of that, everything between week one to week 12 is so fun. It's so fun. Mm. There's no real pressure if you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Just just do your job. Get to the next step. You all know it. Say it with me, kids. Handle your business. Mm-hmm. And then when you have a game where the business is going to be handled before kickoff, it mm-hmm. seems, um, you got to say something. Uh, hell, I got to write something, kids. I'm not writing about the Jets. Um, <laughs> I feel like because so many of the guys love Andy Reid and they respect him so much. And Andy Reid goes out there in front of a podium yeah. or on a podium in front of a laptop screen and says to the American people, trust me, the Jets are a good team. We are looking forward to the challenge of playing trust the Jets. Uh, because the guys love and respect him so much, they don't. They they're just like, okay, coach, we got it. Like this is oh, this is part of the the the, the weekly install this week. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I won't say anything. Hell, Le'Veon Bell won't even go near a microphone yeah. this week, guys. They res- <laughs> they respect him. <laughs> they respect him too much. So they've all said the right thing. I, but it's why, so clear. Why couldn't they have? And, and we do need to talk about the game aspects of this because I'm fascinated by this. I, I, I've talked to one person who covers the Jets, and I've talked to a few other people asking, like, I mean, come on, tell me honestly, what are some things the Jets do well? Because <laughs> and, and the answer I've gotten back from literally every person. And look, it's still the NFL, okay? Remember when the Chiefs mm-hmm. were – remember 2012? When the Chiefs were awful, or maybe it was 2011, yeah. and Romeo Cornell took over the, the the Kansas City Chiefs, and they beat the, at the time, 2011, yeah, it was 2011, because Aaron Rodgers, yeah. fire-breathing dragon season, yeah. that was, he was playing yeah. quarterback as good as anyone I've ever seen, up until the existence of Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes has mostly equaled that, I don't even know if I'd say he surpassed that, Rodgers was so good that year, guys, and the Chiefs beat them. And that was a bad Chiefs mm-hmm. team with a lot of injuries. What was it? The Kyle Orton-led Chiefs beat Ooh, the Packers. Ooh, let me go on pro football reference, sir. Probably. Yes, that <laughs> is. Probably. And I remember it because I was so excited, and that's how Romeo Cornell won himself a job, and it was a whole deal. <laughs> so I would just say this. Anything can happen. So keep that in mind. This is still an NFL team. These are prideful guys. These are some of the best football players in the world. They could lose. And if they lose, it's not the end of the world. It'll be embarrassing, but it, it, it won't be the end of the world. So that's something for fans to keep in mind. But with that, with all those caveats, I asked analysts and I asked people who cover the team and I asked, well, what do they do well? And I got goose egg back. Like I had someone say to me, like, you don't understand. <laughs> they literally don't do anything well right now. I was like, well, Steph, they got four yards in the second half. <laughs> well, they four. went shot for shot with the bills in the first half. <laughs> I don't know if shot for shot's the correct term there. Um, they stumbled for stumbled. And so the here's yeah. the, the deal is their pass defense is the worst in the league by a wide margin. Um, look, hey, Quinn and Williams can play. 
He He's can. a stud. Mm-hmm. And so maybe running the ball will be a little tougher. Um, But they're, they're just bad. And But, you know, Sam Darnold, he can play a little. Can run around, make some plays. I'm trying, guys. Like, <laughs> I just... They, they're just... They're genuinely... They, they are so far one of the worst football teams to ever play. The Dolphins eventually got right last year. I don't know if the Jets have that talent. They should just go ahead and call it a day. Trade Quinn and Williams to the Chiefs for a second-round pick before the game. And then just, you know, call it a day. Right? Like that... They should just call it a day. The day was December 18th, 2011. The Packers entered Arrowhead Ooh. Stadium 13-0. and Yes, Romeo Cornell was in place of uh, 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 the, the the fall, the, the 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 sudden fall of Todd Haley. They kicked <laughs> them to death, y'all. Ryan Sucker from 19, Ryan Sucker from 32, Ryan Sucker <laughs> from 46, Ryan Sucker <laughs> for 20. They were up 12 to 7, y'all. It was it was a nightmare of a game. And then Jackie Battle scored a one-yard touchdown run. Shout out to Jackie Battle. Um Aaron Rodgers oh, in one of the most um perplexing performances of his career he fumbled once didn't lose it had one touchdown but he was sacked four times um it it was it was a weird day he was 17 for 35 so it it to to Seth's point it it can't happen and Cal Orton he had a quarterback waiting of 104 he outplayed Aaron (laughs) Rodgers and you see game plan it's such a big deal we just saw that the Raiders game I mean, the, the Steve Spagnuolo defense has been generally awesome this year, and they gave up, you know, 260 yards in six plays to the Raiders because game plan matters, and that's what happened with the Chiefs and the Packers that day. The Chiefs came in, and the Packers just weren't even remotely ready for the game plan the Chiefs had prepared, and it was enough because the talent levels are closer at the NFL than people think. I'm just saying. So that's the yeah. one thing. Remember Chiefs-Packers. 2011. Well, also you don't have to you don't have to work that hard if you'd like to just remember 2017. I understand if you would rather not. <laughs> but the Chiefs were six and three, had a bye week, and then lost at the Giants, and then t- uh, yeah, at Ooh, the Giants yeah. at home against the Bills, and then at the Jets. Yeah. They 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 goose egg those three games against the three New Absolutely. York teams. Absolutely, like, I forgot about that. That was bad. That stuff happens, and that's that was Andy Reid. Also, yeah. by the way, like you know, that obviously it wasn't Mahomes, but it was Andy Reid. And, and somebody mentioned this in Chris Jones's presser today, and it legitimately was shocking to me to remember that this was this is happening at that time. Um, but in that 2017 season against the Giants, that was Steve Spagnuolo's defense. He ended up head coaching that that team for the last four weeks because Ben McAdoo got fired shortly thereafter. Remember Ben McAdoo? Woo. <laughs> But, like, that that stuff does happen. The only thing that Andy Reid said in his, like, opening statements on uh, Wednesday was he said they're a well-coached team. And that part's just not true. The talent gap is real. Like, the, the, the idea that, you know, even, like, whatever, could Clemson beat the Jets? And I think if Sam Darnold zapped back to college football right now, he would be a golden god yes. at quarterback. But... And the talent across the the lines and everything. I mean, whoever the Jets put out there before they're fully healed back up. I just Quinn and Williams would would eat a, a would eat a college offensive line alive, or an XFL line for that matter. Whatever, whatever has the higher level. Um, they also have really horrendous coaching on both sides of the ball. Like it's Adam Gase and Greg Williams. Like that. It, th- those are two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse in terms of coaches. Like I might be. Like, it's those two, and then Ben McAdoo, and... Ooh, does Todd Haley get on the Mount Rushmore? 
it's it's if if so it he's worthy of not, of like he's worthy of a nomination. Well, let's let's say that. But to be fair, Todd Haley did get a team to the playoffs in 2002. Jim Tom Sula? <laughs> what about Jim Tom Sula? <laughs> I <laughs> they, they, they're, they're a lot of bad coaches. If you want to talk like and, and man, this is someone that I I think is is a very good dude. Hashtag good dude. Um, yeah, I I think Romeo Cornell in terms of head coaches is at least worth mentioning. He's an excellent coordinator, but in terms of head coaches, mm-hmm. that was about as bad as I've seen that 2012 season. It's like why why you know what's the problem? I don't know. It's like oh geez, that's. <laughs> yeah, that's not ideal. That's but no, true. they they really they they really are bad. They they don't have much talent and they're poorly coached. And like you said, Andy Reid. Now we know Andy Reid will look us in the eye and bald faced lie to us. Um, <laughs> How dare he? Yeah, I just wanted to point out um, that there was a there was some small little. Uh, upstart podcast that existed at the time during that 2017 run that that started uh, you know I'm not gonna say a trend but yeah I, I am gonna say a trend started a trend of people saying maybe it's time to put this rookie quarterback named Patrick Mahomes in to see what he can do down the stretch and uh, that upstart podcast let me just tell you I think they had a good point as much as I respect Alex Smith. It would have been. Are you talking about my radio show or your podcast? Because we both did the same thing at the same time. There was an upstart. Well, I didn't <laughs> say I didn't say a world dominating, world famous podcast featuring the Joshua Briscoe. So obviously, right, I wasn't okay. talking yeah, just... about whatever that was called. Um, was that just sure. called almost entirely sports? It was back in the ESPN Kansas City days. It sure was. And when you and I just made great radio to to. Tens of listeners for literally for beards and someone with a broken FM signal. Absolutely, <laughs> I can't yep, get this dial to, of us. to turn. Ah, oh, you know. no. Occasionally a podcast download, <laughs> but yeah. So that's just sometimes I think back, like with sports what ifs. That's one of the ones I think about where because now we know, right? In hindsight, like they knew what was going on on the practice squad. Like they they knew what yes. was happening. With Patrick. Yes. And you wonder, because we saw what happened with the Broncos with, you know, a bunch of backups. And to this day, I will always wonder what would have happened had midway through the season, Andy said, you know what, Patrick, we're going to learn on the fly a little more. Yep. Um, maybe, but I mean, on the flip side, maybe Bob Sutton's still coaching the defense, but they're like, there are a few very small things that could have changed where like, you know, we could be like, we could be talking about like a four peat this year, guys. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to win Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that's a little, a little overzealous. If D Ford, I, I'm going to die on this hill. If D Ford doesn't go off sides, the Chiefs. We saw what Bill Belichick did to Sean McVay. Now, Sean McVay would have done terrible things to Bob Sutton in the Super Bowl. But I still think the Chiefs win that Super Bowl. So, anyway. But we we don't need to go down that road. That's just one of the great what-ifs. What if Patrick Mahomes got inserted during that that stumbling run? Because people forget about that in the 2017 season. I'm glad you brought that up, Josh. They were a really good team. And... They just mm-hmm. and the Giants were talked about very similarly to how the Jets are talked about right now because they were bad. That is one of the worst football games I've ever watched. Ugh, I didn't enjoy that. Have they played the Jets since that game? Also, that would have been that would have been the right rotation of 
like divisions ago, right? And they have, obviously haven't finished the same spot in their division since then. I think it might have been. I'll find that out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, Nate, anything else from the pressers this week before we talk about things that are only tangentially related to the Jets game? Um, I would say this is for next week. So um, this is kind of like, you know, a little bit behind the curtain. But I asked Steve Spagnuolo because it's a story I'm probably going to write after this game, uh, considering the outcome that we mostly believe is going to occur. Uh, The Chiefs are number two in the league in takeovers um, or takeaways, however you want to describe it. Uh, I assume mm-hmm. the Jets will probably give the ball to some degree on Sunday. But, mm-hmm. look, I know I said some things about Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> that, you know, created some <laughs> waves. Uh, I see some things. Look, we're, we're at the halfway point. If they get, like, two turnovers, um, they're still going to be a top five defense in, what, point allows, turnovers. Like, the, like mm-hmm. the things that, like, really matter in today's NFL. So... He sort of gave the idea of like, hey, I don't 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 ask me, Nate. Why you why you telling me statistics, Nate? What you doing out here? Shh. And I'm like, I can't, Coach. They're out there. Anybody can Google them. I don't know. Like, and then and then Chris Jones said his best um, his best takeaway of the season was Melvin Gordon throwing the ball to no one in particular, and it landed yes. in literally his best yes. friend's hands. And- Frank Clark. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that was so – I still can't get over that. I can't believe that, that happened in a game. Um, I, you know, on a side note, I know we've you've got a direction you want us to go, Josh, but uh, instead I want to talk about this. So I'm like, a, I'm like a presidential debate person, I'd like to think. You know? Moderator no, no, or No, debater, no, no. One of the cause... people that just won't shut up and then just talks about whatever they want to talk about, regardless of the question, sure. the format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, so, just – by the way, just – I hope that all flies have been removed before you start talking, sir. <laughs> yeah, Seth, tell me about um, your health. Sam, what's your uh, – Seth, Sam, who's Sam? Know. Seth, tell me your uh, health care plan, please. What's your health care <laughs> plan? Go ahead. I, I just uh, – you know, I actually would rather talk about the economy, I think. So let's talk about that. Sure, okay. That Go seems ahead. more – that's Go an ahead. issue I'm more comfortable addressing. So, therefore, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. – it's kind of like if people want to talk minutes, about – You have two minutes, Seth. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah it's, you have two minutes. It's kind of like if I'm like want to talk about if we did this with sports. You know, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And someone said, "Well, let's talk about the you know Russell Wilson's deep ball." And I said, "You know, instead, let's talk about third down. I only want to talk about the things that strengthen my argument, not things that might weaken it. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that? It might make me look bad." 
Anyway, I just want to say I've rewatched the Chiefs Broncos game a couple times. I didn't realize when I was watching because I think there's just something that happens to us in terms of less dopamine or something. I don't know. When it's like special teams mm-hmm. scoring and stuff, where it's like, oh, that's awesome. But it leads to the offense not being on the field for a while. I didn't realize yeah. that by the time Mahomes got back on the field, like late in the second quarter, that game was over. over. It's over. It was. Yeah. Andy Reid said that this week. He said they had. I think he said this to you, Nate. Was this your question? Um, it might be. If, if not, you can take credit for yes. it. Yes. But somebody basically asked about that. I think it was your question. Thank you. And he said, like, <laughs> yeah, we we got forty. You're welcome. We got we got forty real snaps. Is yeah. what he said. Because yeah, I mean, by the time he he, he did not mention this one, but um, the the Nick Kaiser fumble also like totally shut off yep. the drive. I mean, it was the it was the turnover and the and the the kick return touchdown and the pick six. Yeah. So anyway. Just, just supporting it, your point. It's just there. worth noting because I've heard people say various things about the offense. That game was over. I mean, over. They they didn't show a single new thing outside of one neat-looking play to Travis Kelsey. After that, it was like, guys, mm-hmm. we are going to run plays identical to plays we've done this season. And we're not going to change the formation. We're not going to change the personnel. We're going to run it exactly like this. And if they stop it, well... What are you going to do? Although, you know, that one hit on Patrick Mahomes, that's kind of like, dude, you can't let that happen. Like, that. that's that's mm-hmm. that's not. Man, even Kelechi Asameli said on Twitter, it's like, 15 can't get hit like that. And I got to tell you, I don't know Mr. Asameli, and I am not. You don't even know how to pronounce his last name, much less well, not him. How do you pronounce his last name? Have I been getting that wrong still? Asameli? Yeah. Yeah. Asameli. Yeah. Asameli. Awesomely, well, because he's awesome, and so I think I. Just <laughs> That's also fine. Awesome. Yeah. This Osemily. See, so I don't know. I'm Kalechi. How's that? Ko. Ko. Yes. I don't know Ko, and I was intimidated by that tweet. Like I felt like <laughs> I feel like that. I felt that like that was like a text to me. Did that not feel like a little directed? Like as in like there's like I think a fifty fifty chance that the player responsible for that particular hit had a knock on his door that night and he opened the door and <laughs> KO is standing there, you know, on crutches or whatever. Just like, dude, look, I'm on crutches right now. But I'm here to tell you, fifteen can't get hit like that. And the only <laughs> acceptable response was, Yes, sir. All right, I'm gonna go then. I'll see you later. <laughs> like, you can't tell me that KO on multiple bad tendons is still a man that you just be like, yes, sir. Like, that's like, John, no, no, get this keep, keep, sit down, sit down. No, you don't have to get up. I, the message <laughs> yeah. has been received. Stay, yeah. stay seated, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool, man. It's none of my business. You know, just, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, just that. you just backpedal immediately. It's like the scene from, uh, and again, Josh, you won't get this. The, Nate, you saw Coneheads, right? Back in the day. Back in the day, who couldn't? And when, uh, when, when, when Mister Conehead <laughs> rips the roof of the car off with Chris Farley sitting in it after he'd hassled the daughter, and he goes, "I find you unacceptable," and Chris Farley goes, <laughs> "Yes, sir." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be exactly like that. Ko knocked on the door. He opened. I find you unacceptable. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anyway, it, it's so, very uh, yeah. true. It's very true. Yes. So, great, great cop, sir. Great cop. Thank you. <laughs> and so my, my overall point is people are talking about the Chiefs offense, which is weird. But that game was a, a it was a weird game. 
there's really nothing to take away from the offense in that game because it was over in the second quarter. I thought this was an SNL skit. This turned into a movie also? Yes. Yeah, Coneheads? Oh, classic. He's got Ackroyd get the, get and the kids on it. You've got, a, you've got a young Adam Sandler cameo. Oh, you've got her vacuuming with her. She's just sucking it in with her mouth and she's vacuuming using it instead of it connected to the Hoover. Great movie. Tons of SNL characters do cameos. You got a young Adam Sandler that is not at all famous yet. It's it's good stuff. I wasn't born when it came out. You know, Josh, <laughs> I find you unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can turn this around for me. Uh, Seth, you just wrote about Brett Veach's draft history. It's up on The Athletic right now. I think we're probably done talking about the Jets unless something just absolutely forces its way into the conversation. Um, in fact, I just got a uh, I just got a message from a, uh, a, a unnamed colleague that that just said, "Hold on, I want to pull it back up and get this right verbatim." Uh, he said, "I just spent a bunch of time researching the game, and honestly, I just keep feeling worse and worse for the Jets, <laughs> not necessarily the organization, just their fans." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like that's the that's the vibe, I think. So unless unless uh, I don't know Sam Darnold grows wings during this podcast, we're probably done talking about the Jets. But I want to know about this story that just went up on the Athletic, Seth. Sure. Uh, looking at Brett Veach's draft history, the only draft pick I remember him making was Breland Speaks. I think he's bad at drafting. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uncalled for. Yeah. That's, that's, holy. That's, no, it's, no it's that's everything. Current, I think this is correct. That's current Las Vegas Raider. Breland speaks to you, sir. <laughs> I believe it's practice squad Las Vegas Raider Breland speaks. Here's, yes, I believe that's true. I would just say, just keep in mind, everything that happened before 2018 in Chiefs history is irrelevant. And so that includes the 2018 draft, which actually irrelevant does. Look, you know, Dorian O'Daniel contributes yeah. on special teams. And, and once every few games or every, like, half dozen games, there's some game where it's like, man, we cannot cover that running back out of the back. Hey, Dorian. Dorian, come here. Come here. I want you to cover that dude. What else do you want me to do? Nothing. <laughs> Just cover Nothing. that dude, spy the quarterback, and maybe blitz. That's yeah. it. Those are your three options, Dorian. You know, I feel like I could do some run fits. No, Dorian. I swear. No. If you So there's that, and you know, Armani Watts has been a special team. But anyway, yes, the 2018 draft was bad. It had us all worried. Um, so what happened was after the Broncos game, I was trying to think about players that I was kind of interested in writing about, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, you know, Edwards Alaire is always fun. Willie Gay Jr. saw a significant portion of the snaps because, Nate, what month is it? It is October 4th. <laughs> Two more days. (laughs) So it's about to be November. We are officially entering. And again, it's still going to be slow. Nate has told you all, loyal listeners, it's going to be slow, but it's happening. He was now on the field when there were only two linebackers on the field and doing some coverage snaps in zone. And guess what? He knocked down a pair of passes. So I thought, maybe I'll write about Willie Gay Jr. And I was like, well, I just wrote about a few weeks ago. You know, I kind of want to write about Tashawn Wharton. That could be fun. And obviously, Edwards Alaire is fun. Townsend had himself a game. But, you know, Juan Thornhill looked good out there, and Saunders was back. And Allegretti, I need to write about Allegretti. Man, Rashad Fenton's role has been – and as I'm going through these names, I realized, holy crap. These are all people that have been just drafted in the last two years, and some of them really low. And so I was like, well, let me take a look at this. I'm going to read you guys a list of people. Yes, that's that's right. It's just great content. Yes, it is. Yeah, good radio. I'm waiting. List radio. I'm ready. My, my ears this, are tingling. This is, a, this is just a list, and we'll, we can talk about every one of these players. Juan Thornhill, second-round pick. 
Colin Saunders, third-round pick. McCall nice. Hardman, second-round pick. Great. Nick Allegretti, seventh-round pick. Mean run blocker. Mean run blocker. Rashad Fenton, Always there at the right pick. time. Always there at the right time. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, late, late, late first-round pick who happens to play running back. Who makes everybody miss in the open field, Sam. He creates yards. He adds, ah, <laughs> oh, what's the word? I'm just so bad at vocabulary. <laughs> Value? Mattering? I don't know. We'll figure it out some other day. Legereus Sneed, a fourth-round pick. A quarterback Mike... god. Been <laughs> <In> healthy. <laughs> Mike Dana, a fifth-round pick. He sacked Lamar Jackson once. <laughs> and Gay Justin Jr. Herbert. Willie Gay Jr., second-round pick. Freaky athletic, Bob. <laughs> and then, you know what? I'm going to save my favorite for last. Tommy Townsend, an undrafted punter. Steady as always. Steady. Ste- and also a beautiful man. I mean, <laughs> there's just no I'm man enough to admit it. Yeah. What? That hair? Come on. I personally think that's why, Harrison, that's why Harrison Butker is struggling with extra points because he just can't stop looking at the hair. And he's like, man, how do I make my hair? Oh, no, they snapped the ball. And then finally, Tershawn Wharton, an undrafted defensive end. A man's man who was out there digging up gold before he got taken by the Chiefs. <laughs> that's just in one in a two-year span. The Chiefs, and Brett Veach especially, grabbed six genuine contributors. And you can talk about levels of contribution, right? Because Colin Saunders just got healthy and that sort of thing. And not all these guys are stars. But the draft is a crapshoot. And anyone who tells you otherwise is trying to sell you their website or draft preview. (laughs) Or they're just bored. Don't don't do kit like this. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> Nay, I was I was not gonna say oh, 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 no. oh my god, kid I was gonna talk to Sam. Call nine one one. Call the draft nine one one. Let me be clear. Can the draft if, hospital bring him back to life? If you oh, do, no. man, I'm gonna get a call from. Dave. I was gonna wait to talk to Seth. Seth, get Seth. Just take. Go ahead. Just you. Just take a minute, Seth. Seth, I don't want you to say something you're gonna regret. Except for I was gonna tell Nate. Nate, I was going to wait and talk to Seth after the podcast about why I had to do Kent like that. Kent out here just taking a nice stroll on a nice day, wearing his mask, doing his social sleep distance thing. And why out of here? Wow, he just caught one in the leg out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. He just got clipped by a car that went up onto the sidewalk. (laughs) He was on the sidewalk. You were on the street. You were out of your lane here. So, to be clear... The Athletics' own Mr. Brugler creates the monster, he calls it. What's his name? What's his first name? What's his first name? It's Dane. Okay, you said Mr., and I thought maybe I thought maybe. <laughs> Man, you, you got to stop doing this with me and names and let me fake my way through it. This is not cool. <laughs> anyway, he, he, he produces the Beast every year yes. where he has, I mean, every possible draft pick broken down and it's incredible and then also and he's I, a fraud right it, yeah we did it also <laughs> i have no idea if i'm allowed to do this if you're a chiefs fan shout out to 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 my 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 friend Leave ken this. swanson nope, nope. and Beep. craig and Matt. they do a great job with their draft Beep. preview and Beep. so or maybe we're gonna and they're fraud and they're and they're frauds go ahead yeah the draft is a crapshoot. It just is. Except apparently for Brett Veach. 
It's so hard. If you can get two or three contributors from a draft, you're winning. And he not only, he, he's got a bona fide star level player in Juan Thornhill. He's got a star level player in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's got potential star guys, in my opinion. Now, a small sample size with Gay Jr. and Sneed. Maybe McCall Hardman, but now that's more we're talking about like a, a very solid role player, right? Yeah, that, that's going to be year three or four before we yep, know Yep, yep, you've got a really sol- yeah. solid role player with a ton of talent in Hardman, who, make no mistake, helped contribute to a Super Bowl winning season right out of the gate. Uh, you, he grabbed a guard who's playing well when he's been plugged in. He's got a cornerback who, again, Rashad Fenton, and this is where it's impressive. You know, when you get like these sixth round, seventh round picks, fourth round, fifth round picks, like Mike Dana, when they picked Mike Dana, everyone was like, really? Who? That guy? Yeah. Look, and look, then, look, dude, look, I'm not, I'm not Dan or, or, or I'm not, I'm not Kent, I'm, I, I, but I was just like, but, but who? Who are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, but, but yeah, th- that was exactly how I felt. And I looked at everyone was very lukewarm on it. And, you know, Legereus Sneed, a lot of people were lukewarm on it. Not Kent. Shout out to Kent, who is not a fraud. God, I'm a jerk. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just, I say things and I don't think about what else they could mean. And that's just, you know, well, a problem. Well. Um, anyway, so Legereus Sneed, but these are the players. He's found contributors. And the only reason I don't think this year's draft class is being talked about way more is because Snead and Dana got hurt. Because Dana comes in, he's playing half the snaps at defensive end as a as a rookie, a fifth-round pick, and playing well. I mean, not world-beating, we're not talking star, but we're talking you can plug and play these guys. Tershawn Wharton, plug and play undrafted? What? And and so I, I there's there's a whole lot more in the article and I just kind of walk through each and every one of these guys. But Veach, two years running, has picked up immediate contributors, and it's just so impressive because it's so hard to win the draft. And my only point, my only cherry on top of this masterful cake, Sunday, whatever it is, um <laughs> the coaching staff. The coaching yes. staff, the coaching staff. So much of what will go between ultimate success for a player, fourth round or later, is situation and coachability and the ability to accentuate that player in a given system based on the opponent that you are playing. The coaching staff is intact. I've tried to say this all offseason. A couple of people who have been doing this much longer than me and looking at the entire landscape of the league have started to suggest that the Chiefs have one of the best, if not the best coaching staff in the league. And that's mm-hmm. still with Bill Belichick running things in New England. Mm-hmm. The, the the coaching staff has been wildly good this year. Like, better mm-hmm. than even I anticipated because of all the COVID stuff. But to, to, to further push Seth's point, they like Brett Veach found the right guys for the right coaching staff. And then... It's just been a really, really productive group of players who also are heightened, risen, given plenty of opportunities because you're just playing with, I don't know, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. Like, they are so good at the top end, but they are also very good at finding what Seth calls great value. Mm-hmm. That's good. good call on the coaching staff because that's so important. Um to develop guys and to work in in concert with your with your GM 
because they can identify talent, right? And they can identify skill sets because the coaches don't have time to scout these things. But the but the coaches need to give the GMs, this is what we need in our system. And yep. need to be honest with themselves about what the limitations are of the system, what the limitations are of the, the teams they have. And I really do think that a big problem that a lot of teams have in the league is that they're not honest with themselves about strengths and weaknesses. And the Chiefs coaching staff, I mean, they just get after it. Like, they just, I mean, if there's things they got to improve on, they do. And they just find guys that work. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably been most evident with Spags, at least. Because actually, really, like, with the offense... I think the coaching staff thing is a good call. That's honestly what I was thinking about also, just in terms of how some of those guys have been able to contribute so quickly. But if, like, corner and defensive end, like, we all... Spags has a type. We can all see Spags' type <laughs> at, at those spots. Offensively, I think it's probably a little bit harder to sort of say, like, this is the puzzle piece that fits what Andy Reid's looking for, which might just be Andy Reid, like, being ready to use anybody anywhere, right? Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And you... you both of you guys know this, like, it's just continuity is a word that we just don't want to use a lot because the NFL is mm-hmm. trending more like the NBA in baseball in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, which was like always the opposite, particularly in like the mid to like early mid 90s to like early 2000s um, before Belichick started to screw everybody up. Um, <laughs> but like continuity is 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 to all of this. And I think you're right. I mean. I think I think we all understand that like it's so hard to even get to this level because like you obviously need success, you obviously need not a crazy owner, you obviously need like a GM and a coach working in tandem within a good coaching staff that like respects one another and knows how to like make the most of their their job. Uh, particularly also when everybody knows that like this is kind of the last ride, dog, because like guys may be getting new jobs next year, especially if the team goes fourteen and two. Um, but I think it goes to continuity, and and that's. That's something that, like, I think every team wants, but it's so hard to sort of accomplish because it feels like you're running in a maze and you're making the same mistakes over and over again or you're running into the same dead ends and you can't find that sort of... I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, so many people will say, and you know this, Josh, like, so many people will say the quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. The quarterback means everything. And that's kind of true. But, like... The other people around the quarterback give you the ability to have continuity at a very, very high level versus like a couple nice year runs, if that makes sense. Yeah. One thing you wrote about Nate, we, this is, you know, semi related to the Jets, but it's also just, I, I, we could tell, you could tell these quotes were good as they were happening. You write about Travis Kelsey and that he is uh, a plumber and uh, an electrician <laughs> and. He'll, he'll fix your pipes and wires and all of those things. But also, like, we talked a little bit. <laughs> it had to be done. I don't know that it did. Okay. <laughs> Good lord. We, uh, we've talked a little bit about his usage being a little more um, changing, at least a little bit with Sherman being out, and we've like he, he's lined up in the backfield a few times. I just I thought that was interesting, and um, and his attitude, really, the whole like basically everybody in the offense this year. I don't think anybody's had, like, an incredibly explosive stat line right. to this point. Um, Kelsey's been the most consistent, I think, but even he had a little bit of a quieter game against the Broncos for reasons we already talked about. Um, but I don't know. I'm, just, I'm sort of curious just what you thought about what you heard from Kelsey there. It, it was great because um, so rarely you know that we're trying to make the most of all these Zoom 
uh, interviews. You know you're not going to get guys every week like you would in a, in a regular, normal season in the locker room. Uh, and so it's nice that we're getting into like week seven, week eight, week nine. We've got, you know, larger samples to really discuss with guys. And Travis is one of the more honest dudes on the team just because obviously he's already a Hall of Famer in all of our opinions, I think. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been a multi time uh all pro he's probably gonna be another all pro player this year but i was just looking at the stats and it's just remarkable to me and i hope this kind of came across in my story but it's just remarkable that oh man like he leads the league in every tight end statistic that mostly matters you know receptions yards touchdowns like yards per catch um he's being targeted a ton which is like goes to the whole idea that like hey Tyreek Hill is like still he's still relevant even when he ain't catching the football mm-hmm. cuz it's like mm-hmm. we can't let that man get behind us i guess we can <laughs> let Travis Kelsey work the middle of the field to death um, so mm-hmm. he's doing all of that but one of the reasons why i asked him the question which i think and now i'm going to do the same thing uh Josh i think it was my question but i think The point I was trying to make to Travis is, man, you're so great. You're just so great. But, like, you're also willing to to do, like, the quote-unquote dirty work. He's ready to get his, you know, his hands dirty. Um, And then he just, he he himself was like, yeah, I'm the utility guy, which I never thought of. But it's really accurate. The idea that, like, this man was playing H-back, full-back, splot, you know, split split out wide receiver. (laughs) Splot. (laughs) <laughs> splot uh, playing out in the spot. He's a splot receiver. That's like a slur. You know what I'm saying, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was split wide. He was slot. He was H back, fullback. Uh he was also running back in the in the shotgun. Like, what is that? Um and he played conventional tight end in the Bills game. It was just he just destroyed them. Like, destroyed the Bills. Um he was really good. In the Broncos game, and I know we mentioned after that after that victory on Sunday, how Seth mentioned the the motions that they were doing that was easily telling you it's a run, it's a run, kids, it's a oh my god, why did he slip into the flat? You know, so like he's he's so good, he's willing to do everything. Um, you know, Anthony Sherman is not around because he was obviously exposed to someone who is um, I think either tested positive for COVID or was just. You know, you're kind of in that chain reaction of like, you know, obviously the contact tracing standpoint. So I don't know when Anthony Sherman's going to come back, if it's going to be right before the bye week against the Panthers or if they're just going to say, hey, man, like, take it easy. We'll see you when you come back from the bye week. That's something I'll ask Andy on Friday. But, yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey's just just he's he's really good. And I, I just I, I want somebody to say something and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to give someone a shout out because I think they deserve it. And it relates to Travis Kelsey. I'll say things. Go. Um, I was so confident that you were going to go next. Seth, that I, like, I, like, I actually, I pushed my chair away from my microphone to go throw some trash. You away. know, like that's how, that's how confident I was. You but were going the thing next. is, Josh, I feel like I've talked a lot this podcast. I want to hear what you think about. Ooh, Travis Kelsey. Ooh, nice, nice, I nice think, move. Uh, debate candidate who puts, puts the onus on the opposing <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have notes on Travis. Kel- <laughs> uh, God, uh, what, uh, he played, what position does my- he play? Splot? The, he's a splot, the splot receiver, the economy, jobs. And that's it. That's my whole, I don't have anything. No, go ahead, Seth. I talk, I talk plenty. My jobs all involve how much I can talk. Yeah. And if I can, you know, if I can listen to you and Nate and then like kind of get smarter and dumber, like as a handoff, like perfectly balanced, I find my equilibrium there. Hey. Nate is the smart Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
<laughs> yeah, as evidenced by like the two seconds, I was like, wait, as I did the math in my head. <laughs> um, it, it is. It's so cool to watch what Travis Kelsey has become over the years. Um, he, he's such a technician. Yep. And there are not a lot of players that you could say, oh, man, our fullback's missing. Hey, Trav, you know the offense well enough. Can you can you do those snaps? And then, and I mean this with all due respect to Anthony Sherman, whom I love, do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not fair to Sherman because Kelsey's more of an athlete than he is. And, I mean, there's and no way. And bigger and taller. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. well, and he's just, yeah, he's just so much he's so much bigger. And now, do I think Sherman probably outlifts him? I think Sherman outlifts pretty much everyone. Um, and he and he's he's able to deliver shots that Kelsey doesn't, which we don't want Kelsey doing because, you know, mm-hmm. we, we want him catching passes. Um, but he, he blocked so well out of the backfield. He he does it well. Yes, that's true, ladies and gentlemen. Any San Francisco 49ers fans, we have listeners. Give it to him, Seth. Travis Kelsey does <clears throat> block just fine. Is he as good as George Kittle at it? No. But the difference is not as vast as the difference between Kelsey's ability as a receiver before the catch and George Kittle's receiver abilities as a receiver. It's just there's a chasm between the Tell two of them. Him. In their route running and a wit and awareness of zone coverages, there's just a chasm, a chasm. I said anyway. The sorry, Grand Canyon, dog. That canyon, it is grand. Let me tell you. And so it's just cool to watch what he's morphed into because it's easy if you go back and watch some highlights, like those first couple of years. He was just overwhelming people with his unbelievable athleticism. You know, you never forget that first preseason. Holy crap, my wife just burst onto the window right next to me, and I can't even hide my reaction. <laughs> she just scared the crap out of me. And that and that kid oh. is called that kid is called true love. That's true love right there. When, oh. you're willing, when you're willing to scare the living death out of your significant other who you're related to by marriage. Oh, okay. Man, the adrenaline is just coursing through so my glad veins. I wasn't talking. Okay, anyway. Shout um, out to Jazz. Yeah, shout out to Jazz. Man, my wife's cool. Holy smokes, man. I'm waking her up at 3 this morning wearing a scream mask with fake blood all over me. Oh, I will not be. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I don't play those games anymore because I don't want the retribution. No, I don't, I don't think I, I do don't have either. The, I don't want the smoke. I don't have the heart for it. Oh, no, not at all. Goodness. Anyway, not at all. so. Um. Anyway, so Seth, I, here, hold on, Seth. Let's let's workshop this. I don't think you go spooky because I think you're gonna get tripled down on if you go spooky. Have you? Uh, could you like go to the fridge? You get like a can of soda or something out of the fridge, and you just use like a, a, a instrument of cold and just try to like yeah. get back at her that yeah, way. Yeah, she, like, she put hates, that on the back of her neck or something. She hates cold Come here, honey, stuff. for like a nice hug. She hates cold yeah, stuff. There you go. So I might go with physical domination too, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal. So. Plus, she doesn't fight fair, so there's a lot of things going against me here. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll contemplate my choices. <laughs> Get back to you. Um, so with Kelsey, Did you hear how quiet Nate and I got. <laughs> Seth, don't say that. Okay, okay. Look, look, world. My wife would absolutely no, cut my throat no, in my sleep. No, so let no, don't worry stop. about her. Just stop! None of this is helping. None of it. You can't help. The best you can do is let it be awkward and funny, and then and then get out. Dude, she scares uh, me. Anyway, okay. uh, you want me, you want me to save you, or do you want to keep going? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna move back to Travis Kelsey. Although I wouldn't hate being saved for a little bit first. Okay, this is the uh, this is a new thing. It's a new bit. Uh, I don't know if we want to call it Nate's shoutouts or Nate's f- folks, whatever. Uh, love you guys. Yeah. Love the listeners. 
Um, I first did Rich Fan in Pittsburgh. Shout out to you, Rich. Uh, Katie Camlin. Like, we've gotten to know one another just a little bit, just a smidge uh, this season after she broke the Patrick Mahomes news. Shout out to her. Next is Casey Sager, okay? Um, love her to death. We follow each other on Twitter. She is a joy. You guys should be nice to Casey. She's amazing. One of the more um, knowledgeable Chiefs fans that I follow on Twitter. Um, she is obviously the daughter of Craig Sager. By the way, Craig Sager, an amazing man. Got to hang out with him during the 2013 first round playoffs between the Miami Heat then led by LeBron James against the Milwaukee Bucks. There were things that we drank in Milwaukee and it was one of the greatest times of my life. Somebody send this to Casey immediately. Uh, Craig was an awesome dude and bought all the drinks in Milwaukee in 2013. I think it was April. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite things is to tell people or to show them through Casey's Twitter account that she has cats named Travis and Kelsey. And that's the bit. <laughs> I was trying to figure God, out how, such a long road. how any of this was saving me. And it ended so cutely. And so, yes, thank you. Um, that, that's awesome. That's adorable. Travis and yeah. Kelsey. That's awesome. It's, I like that. I like that. Nate's shout outs. Um, Can somebody please get just three? I don't care what kind of animals they are, although it's going to matter as soon as I say the rest of this bit. But I need someone to get three pets of some <laughs> sorts and just name them. Just name them Nate, uh, Nate Seth, and Josh. <laughs> just if someone would do that. I don't care if we're all fish. I really don't. Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say about Kelsey in terms of his, uh, his, his metamorphosis or his evolution, whatever, um, he has become such a utility guy who can do anything, right? He can fill in no matter really what you need, and that's what he was talking about. He, he's become such a smart player. He was overwhelming teams with his athleticism. Um, if you look at, you know, his very first highlight of his career was a preseason game against Cincinnati that I'll never forget where he caught just this regular kind of slant across the middle of the field mm -hmm. and then just kept running. And like you watch him just run away from these cornerbacks that are like, what is happening? And like, you see them like, Oh, I got a sprint. Oh, it doesn't matter. And he just, and that's how he was winning early in his career. And he has put in so much work to become one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Incredible understanding of where defenders are and leverage and how to move. If you watch any game, you will walk away thinking Travis Kelsey should really get targeted more because he is always mm -hmm always open and he he just he's constantly able to do whatever needs to be done you know on third and short third and long you need a crucial block on you know, on the second level he can do it all he kind of reminds me this is going to feel like a stretch but we've got to get there somehow he is the Aaron to Patrick Mahomes's Moses you need someone who can perform a few miracles Aaron's got your back you need someone to keep the unruly crowd in line. Aaron's got your back. Except for the whole calf incident, but that was a whole deal. <laughs> he he can do everything. Now, he, he ain't Moses. He can't part the Red Sea. But he can perform some miracles on the side there. And he can hold things together until Moses gets things right. And that, my friends, is how Travis Kelsey is just like Aaron the Levite. Wow. Just my heart. My heart be still. You know what, Seth? I thought about it. You're right. You have talked a lot. In this <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <it> was... <laughs> what? what? Um... So... 
You know what? So are we. You know, no, that's fine. So are we. So is the show. We, uh, Nate and I think that we've we've uh, we've, we've discussed Jet, the yeah, Jets game. Achieved, Nate and I think that the Chiefs are going to win. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, Seth thinks that the Jets are going to win. We are putting a taser bet on that, so uh, <laughs> well, that'll be good to have just in place. We all agree to that before the you show. You know, if um, this is now now it's official. If we stop mentioning tasers and peppers, people are going to forget. That's the like the one good thing <laughs> lockdown has done for us is I haven't been able to come that's to Kansas true. City. And dude, just stop bringing it up, and people will probably forget all about it. Yeah, that's probably how Twitter works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's good. If I would have said that I had a taser bet from 2007 that I had previously made, someone on Twitter would bring that back to me. Uh, so you can uh, you can read all of those stories we mentioned up in the Athletic. You can also follow all of us on Twitter at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs fan. Also, Seth has a Chief of the North newsletter with a bunch more Chief stuff that he does all the time. Follow him there. I'm at JB Briscoe. I just retweet fake Oreo flavors now, but I do have a Twitter account <laughs> still. So it's just that's sort of my new brand. There's there's a new one that's, that got posted called Oreo for Possum, and it's for it's just an Oreo for Possums. It's very good. I like this account very much. There's your there are your plugs. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy. Enjoy this weekend of football. Nailbiter coming. Uh, Nate, you take us into, into Jets weekend. Actually, I'm going to take you elsewhere. I'm going to take you to a time <laughs> where God. we can all visualize. Close your eyes. But don't do it if you're driving. Um, <laughs> close your eyes and think of T-Mobile Center. The year is 2021. Patrick yes. Mahomes is sitting courtside. Drake has taken his plane from Toronto to Kansas City. A banner is being raised to say, We the North. Can we, Lord, in all our heavens, in 2020, this hell of a year, with Adam Silver telling Mayor Q, yes, the Toronto Raptors are coming to Kansas City. Can, can that happen? Lord, Lord, anything. Like, like, just let's get through this election and then let's get the Toronto Raptors packed to their new home in Kansas City. Amen.